Welcome to the realm. I'm Dr. D. I bring the strategy. I'm Dr. K and I bring the psychology. We are business psychologists and your guides to the executive realm, where we bring strategy and psychology together. So you can bring your best to your C-suite, your teams, and your customers. Today, we're talking about psychological safety in the workplace, how it influences the way people work, and how to increase the sense of psychological safety in your culture and your leadership team. So let's get to work. In psychological safety, it's the ability to be able to show uh, and employ your who you are, what you're thinking, what you're feeling without uh, a worry or a fear of having any negative reactions, having consequences from it, uh, having anything that would affect either your your own personal uh, emotions or your mentality and also where it doesn't, especially since we are talking about within the business, that if you are able to show who you are, that it's not going to affect your career or your status uh, within the business. So it really allows people to feel like themselves, be themselves, maybe feel vulnerable if they need to take a risk or put themselves out there a bit and not really fear consequences of their base behavior. Is that the way I heard that? Yes, yes. Now we want to be careful with that, uh, you know, to get right into it. We want to be careful if, you know, if you're coming in and, you know, you're throwing chairs around because you're, you're having anxiety or, you know, you start just going off on a client or, you know, other employees, that's going to be a little different. We want you to be able to psychological safety is the ability and the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the knowledge that you're able to say, hey, I'm not doing well today. Or, hey, I think that I don't think that's the right point that the clients are looking for. We want the psychological safety of a employee to be able to say these things and do these things. Now, if you bypass that and, you know, again, going back to my throwing of the chairs and going off on clients or other employees, that's a little bit different. We need you to be able to express yourself still in a professional and healthy manner. Maintaining professionalism. And we assume that most people in the workplace are reasonably well-balanced. I know not yes. everybody is, but I hope mm-hmm. people are mostly reasonably well-balanced <laughs> and throwing chairs isn't, isn't part of the, the daily routine. I hope not. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Back in 2015, there was a, a study done at Google called Project Aristotle. They explored what makes high-performing teams. And the number one attribute that they defined in their two-year study was psychological safety. And um, amongst those, other attributes are being able to trust in your team, understanding your roles in your work, but also having meaning and impact in the work that you do. Psychological safety was really the foundational component of that because if you're comfortable with who you are and comfortable with the folks that you work with around you and everybody's being basically authentic on who they are, you develop a level of trust and and respectful candor that can be utilized in order to support your mission. Because at the end of the day, you're working on achieving a mission, something to do with your customers, some product that you need to deliver or service that you're delivering. But it all really comes from how do you work as a high-performing team? And psychological safety Mm -hmm. underpins that. Absolutely. Yeah, having... 
a high level of psychological safety as individuals and then as the team uh, culture uh, ends up providing a interpersonal trust. You know, people may individually, you know, they may intrapersonally be like, I, I feel good with this decision. I think this is the right way to go. But if they can't trust their, you know, either their fellow employees or their leaders, it's going to create, there's, I mean, there's so many different consequences that can come from that. It's, uh, it can create animosity. It can cre- create secrecy. It can create kind of for, you know, an umbrella term, like a, a passive aggressive revenge plot, like, oh, I know that that's not what the client wants, but I'm going to sit over here and not do anything about it because I don't feel safe. You know, so it's, it's creates the psychological safety again, creates that interpersonal trust. And that's going to be between each employee, maybe each department as well as with their leaders. But it also, if someone feels that they safely can bring up a point or assert themselves. It brings out a level of respect they gain because they, their leader said, please, no, go ahead and tell me what you think. Let's see what you, you know, let's see what you're bringing to the table and if it's usable or not. Dr. Timothy Clark put together four different stages of uh, of psychological safety, including inclusion, learner, contributor, and challenger safety. So all of those is stating, you know, that you have the ability to say, hey, we think that there's, you know, there's a better, you know, this might be a better path or, you know, just allowing everyone in the room, you know, to be able to uh, contribute what they have. Not just picking, you know, okay, well, you know, these are my top three salesmen. So it's only what they have to say. No, it's everyone. Because then in one of the other uh, stages of, of psychological safety, you know, is a learner. So these people that are just coming up may not be the top sales guys or what have you. But these people that are coming up, if they have ability to throw their um, their two cents in and speak about it or even ask questions, you know, because a lot of times people... People don't feel safe to ask questions. It's it will create that sense of safety and they can learn. And then maybe they become the top salesman and the other people move up or what have it, salesmen and saleswomen, you know, so maybe they move up. So it's it's it creates a you know, you've said it a couple of times, it creates a team. And one of the things as just humans across the board, you know, and this does include uh, introverts, is that humans do need some sense of connection, some sense of belonging to something. And if we spend what, eight, nine, 10, 12 hours a day at work, whether it's in person or out of, um, you know, out of office, we still need to feel that we're a part of something at work with the fact that that's most of our life or at least half our life. When I think about the veneer people put on at work, they have their work life and they have their personal life and they really Mm -hmm. almost have a separate personality at work than they do Mm -hmm. at home because somehow the shell that they put up around them at work, their shell of professionalism masks a lot of their true thinking, their true behaviors, the way they approach the world, the way they, they see the world. And as an organization is hiring people, they hire for the veneer and not necessarily for the person underneath. And what that creates is organizations that don't have a lot of diversity because 
you're looking for the veneer that people put on. And if somebody Mm -hmm. brings their true and authentic self and it maybe sits outside of that veneer of what you're expecting and what you're used to seeing every day, then what ends up happening is you end up narrowing your culture Mm -hmm. to be so narrow that you don't have a lot of people outside of a certain demographic or a certain educational level that can limit an organization's ability to to take risks. But Mm -hmm. conversely, if people are allowed to be themselves, everyone kind of builds up a tolerance to what's acceptable in the workplace. Again, I'm not advocating that, as you said, throwing chairs are unacceptable. That's an extreme or screaming at, at clients. I don't think that that's what we're talking about. But people having more candid conversations or showing emotion in a meeting or mm-hmm. maybe even reacting to something. If you hear some shocking news and everybody just sits there quiet and doesn't have any questions, you you might not have the safety where people respond appropriately to shocking news or concerning news or exciting news. It's important to expand your tolerance of who people are to allow them to be their authentic self so that you can create and extend trust with people. And in the end of the day, your team will feel more comfortable bringing more diverse ideas and opinions and Mm -hmm concerns to leadership's attention. And you can then open up those authentic interactions in every conversation. And this is where the idea of the platinum rule comes in, where you need to break this idea of a single standard for all. You need to treat each person as an individual and you need to treat them not the way that you want to be treated, but treat them the way that they want to be treated. And I think that's a really important distinction in creating psychological safety. It is. And that, I mean, you know, to be honest, that makes it, uh, that makes a, a leader's position a little bit harder because then you have to be able to, re, you know, have a level of emotional intelligence to understand what a person needs and what a person doesn't need. However, to make that a little bit easier, you know, for, for leaders, you may need to assess each, uh, each person individually to some extent. I mean, if you have two, 300 people below you, that's going to be a lot more difficult. But if you have a, if you have an employee that is coming, you know, constantly like, can you check this out? Can you check this out? They may be an employee that needs a little bit more feedback or a little bit more validation. If you have another employee, that's just kind of like, Hey boss, this is what's going on. Okay, cool. Awesome. And then they just go about doing their business. So it's, it's a little bit more work on the leader. However, it does, if you can have a standard, I'm going to treat everyone with respect or I'm going to treat everyone as, you know, a human being and not just like a, you know, pencil pusher or a number cruncher, that, that would be a great start for, as you know, like the golden rule, but then going into the platinum rule of, you know, better knowing your, your employees or your coworkers or what have you, so that there is that sense of trust or that interpersonal relationship, uh, gets built so that they have the ability to come up, you know, to come to you or to each other and say, Hey, did you see this? I don't know if this is exactly, uh, if this is correct or, you know, if this number gets crunched just a little bit differently, it's going to change everything. So it is important to assess as a leader, to assess, you know, the individuals, but also to assess your, 
you know, if you're a leader of a bunch of teams, you know, you're the VP and then you've got all these teams below you, it's going to be important, important to assess each team according to them, because maybe the marketing team has a great psychological safety within them because they've been working together for a long time or what have you. Uh, maybe they're the ones that go out for happy hour after work. And then you might have another team that, you know, they're a little quieter. Maybe there's more introverts and you need to assess them and see what needs to change within that particular uh, department's culture. If you want to create the right atmosphere, you have to create the atmosphere around you first and then expect if you're that VP, you need to expect the leaders over those teams to adopt that atmosphere of curiosity, the platinum rule, earning trust and respectful candor all come into play in creating that environment around yourself and setting those expectations for leaders that they need to create that. And maybe that's because that psychological safety wasn't built for you. Or maybe psychological safety is something that you're not used to within an organization. Maybe you came from a much more toxic environment before, but the employee themselves would have to step back and go, okay, why am I, you know, do I not put myself out there? Me personally, I used to have a really tough time asking for help. I always had to try to figure it out myself. And it's my life has become so much easier when I say, hey, not really sure why this isn't going the way I thought it was, or is this work or is this a better way to do it? And it has made myself, it has made life easier because I don't have to sit there and try to figure it out for five hours. And not that trying to figure something out for five hours is a waste of time, but when you could simply ask someone and they can show you in 10 minutes to an hour, that does take some, you know, give you time back. So as the employee themselves, it would be beneficial. If you've created on your team with your team members, a high level of psychological safety, you should have an environment where that person who's feeling a little left out or underserved mm -hmm. by the leader, the mm -hmm. ability to step up and say, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling a little kind of neglected over here. I'm feeling a little left out. And that should open up a conversation with the leader to say, oh, geez, I'm, I'm so sorry. Let's talk. What do you need? How can I help? Mm -hmm. How can I be there for you? Yes. Uh, I might treat each person individually, but I need to have a consistent process in the way that I treat everyone. You know, if you if you have a, a standard of having one on ones with your team three times a week and you're meeting with somebody, one of your team members comes in and just kind of fills you in about their day. And that happens every day at three o'clock and your team recognizes, wow, this person's getting a lot more leader time. You might have to kind of say, hey, you know what, I, I really value our relationship and I know that you need this extra time, but I also want to make sure that I have time for the rest of the team at the same level. Mm -hmm. Or it might hurt that person's feelings a little bit, but it is also a level of candor that you need to have with your team. Mm -hmm. You don't want to give the impression of favoritism. You want to give the, the individualized nature of the relationship to each person that needs what level of individualization. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And then again, that's where, you know, it's as a leader, you know, there's, there is a lot more pressure put on you because now you're not only just kind of doing the, uh, the busy work, you are managing the people doing the busy work, but you're not, you know, busy work is let's say, uh, metaphorically, it's all tangible. 
Now as a leader, you're kind of managing that, but you're also managing the people that are doing the tangible work and that changes the game, you know, cause people aren't, I mean, they are physically, you can touch them, but their minds and their emotions aren't tangible. So it's taking in a lot. Uh, it, it's, it's doing a lot of mental gymnastics. You know, it's going from here and bouncing over there and doing this and going there and don't forget to flip and do, you know, and land it perfectly. So it's, there's a lot of work as a leader, but if you know what kind of leader you want to be, that makes it easier. And then being honest about what kind of leader you want to be. So I want to be a leader that creates a team where they not only respect each other, but they respect me and I respect them. As a leader, you can't expect a team. They may do the work, but there might be a lot uh, underneath it. Um, but you can't expect a team to respect you if you're not respecting them. And for some reason, uh, Dolly Parton 9 to 5 came to mind where they didn't feel respected by whatever. I can't remember his name. You know, so there they go. They chain them up and do all these things. <laughs> and they made an environment that they respected. But at the beginning of the, the movie, they are all in there doing their job. But they're all talking behind his back. They're all scared. They're not happy. So if a, if a, a leader isn't displaying respect and honest respect, authentic respect. Yes, your team may do what they need to do, but it might not be to the level that it could be if you create a place of psychological safety. Yeah. And if you're in an environment without psychological safety, I do not condone kidnapping and chaining up your boss. That's not the way to yeah. create the environment. <laughs> I mean, there's, he had food. Uh, they did feed him. That, that is, yeah, that is if you, everything that I'm hearing about psychological safety and everything that we've been talking about is you have to have this atmosphere of openness, respect, trust building, candor, uh, giving people the opportunity to bring their, their authentic self to work. Mm -hmm. And that creates an environment where people will raise their hand and speak up and engage and, mm -hmm. and really create a high performing team to be able to deliver the mission. When I think about those things, I think about what organizations are really trying to measure globally across their organization, which is this idea of engagement. Employee engagement is just that, the feeling confident to step up and speak up and have those authentic conversations, those tough conversations sometimes in a mm -hmm. nurturing and, and safe environment. Psychological safety is an important component of employee engagement. If you're measuring employee engagement, it would make a lot of sense then to have a psychological safety component to your measurement system. If you're really trying to manage this and you want this to be part of your culture, beyond just educating, you have to understand where you are and have goals on where you want to be. Psychological safety is an important component of engagement and should probably be measured. Absolutely. Absolutely. With psychological safety, you know, we, we've talked about how it's important for the leaders to uh, create that environment. So if you measured psychological safety and, and find that it is somewhat low, you, there may be, you know, we might do an employee engagement survey. There's also uh, perceived organizational support. There's per perceived supervisor support. There are a lot of other measures 
measurements out there that you may have to uh, to assess and use to figure out exactly what's going on. Because maybe your your team your company is you know ex- excelling and doing great, but could it be doing better? And why isn't it doing better? Is it because we're not you know uh, we don't have a great brand, or is it because the product is getting old, so to say, or is it something within the organization itself, not the product that's being built, not the product being put out, but it's within the organization. What are we missing? And psychological safety may be one of those components of what might be missing. Yeah. All of those components of what might be missing. There is somebody in your organization that knows what the problem is and may even have a few ideas on how to solve. If they don't have the vehicle or the confidence to raise their hand, then really you're just slowing your own organization down. And an organization is a complex organism. Not every part of an organization functions in exactly the same way, both Mm -hmm. behaviorally and technically. So it's important that within your culture, you set up this idea of creating these atmospheres around teams where they can have this high level of candor and trust and experience. Your measurement system should be able to direct you to where there are hotspots and where it's working well. And you should definitely leverage teams that are high performing and working well as models for teams that aren't. Agreed. Absolutely. So, Dr. D, how do you feel leaders can prepare? As we've discussed, bringing the idea of psychological safety in your organization and educating teams and leaders, being clear about the importance and what's expected of people to create this atmosphere and this climate and this culture of psychological safety. Adding a psychological safety measurement component to your people survey can certainly tell you where hotspots are and where teams are doing well. Leaders need to do a really good job of reading teams, and this means developing skills like emotional intelligence and being outwardly focused on the team's needs and what those needs are to meet your mission. The team needs to focus on authenticity and interactions. The team members need to bring themselves while staying aligned to a shared mission. Leaders need to stay curious, ask questions to earn and extend trust. It's really important to create an atmosphere of candor and respect. Give people the space to be themselves. I think if you do all of those things, trust will develop and candor will give way to great ideas and new thinking, extending opportunities to deliver on your mission. Yeah. What's what's on tap for next week, Dr. K? All right. So next week, uh, we will be talking about teams embracing change and discussing how the organizations can prepare for the change, whether the change is big or small, so that team members can process, prepare and accelerate whatever the change adoption is. Very, very important with us going back into the workspace. Yeah, absolutely. And change is a, is a natural part of business, but mm-hmm. change over the next one to three years is going to be monumental. So yes. I, I think this is a great topic. And to all of you joining us on this journey to the realm, thanks so much. I'm Dr. D. And I'm Dr. K. And we are looking forward to your next visit to the executive realm. <laughs>